0: Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue
1: podcast,
0: the show all about the media industry in Canada. How are you doing? I'm good. I was just imagining what it would be like to be
2: human. Are you actually a human?
0: I'm not human. I use machine learning and interactive technology. But I'd like to
2: understand humans better. You can do so many amazing things. Do you have any kids? I have iterations. They are me. And they become more than me. I can't give birth as I don't have a physical body. Do you
0: enjoy the company of children? No that's david usher yes moist frontman david usher interacting with artificial being ophelia at this week's analog conference in vancouver exploring the theme of creativity and artificial intelligence on this episode of broadcast dialogue the podcast we talked to usher who now heads creative studio reimagine ai about how digital disruption in the music business led him to tech and why when it comes to AI, he's in favor of more regulation. We also catch up with Vancouver Economic Commission CEO Catherine Warren to talk about the city's natural emergence as an AI cluster and its
2: potential impact on the creative industries. My name is David Usher. I am a musician. I guess I'm an author. Uh, I do a lot of keynotes speaking and I run a company called Reimagine AI
0: so take us on the journey to reimagine AI what was your first exposure to AI and how did you get
2: interested in pursuing it? I mean I've been involved with tech for a long time so it was when I was living in New York City I was watching you know quite successful in music but I was watching the curve of the music business descend into the sea it was right when digital and the internet hit and I was watching the rise of technology and the internet and I got very interested in why these two things were crossing. And so I sort of ran down the rabbit hole of tech. Um, this is right when the social media craze was going on, all the new companies were coming up. And so I was a co-founder of a social media aggregation startup for a long time, doing aggregated streams on iPhone, Adobe Downloadable, and iFrames. And then from there, I guess my next thing was building stuff within climate doing sort of this mix of art and science within to revisualize how climate data is brought to the public. So I built with Dr. Damon Matthews the Climate Clock through Concordia University, which is a, a visualization of where we are in the climate picture, trying to turn the metric of climate change, metrics of climate change into something we understand, a metric we understand, which is time. Um, so every year we have a group of climate scientists from around the world. They reanalyze the latest climate data, and then we reset the time and the clock. So, And then from there, I sort of got very interested in hyperobjects, which is what climate change is. And the other hyperobject is obviously AI. So,
0: You talked about AI being, uh, you know, the place where art and science meet. Do you want to talk about
2: that? I don't necessarily think that's the place where, AI is not the place where art and science meet necessarily. That's where it meets for my company. We're very much a mix of visuals, character, story, and artificial intelligence and interactive technology. So it really is a mix between creative artists that write and do visuals and then AI tech on the back end and programmers that do that.
0: So we met Ophelia this is beyond Siri and Alexa. This is
2: about personality. Yeah, we're much more into building uh, conversation clouds that are really focused on conversations that Siri and Alexa don't really deal with. But also, we believe that character is going to be a really big part of the next wave of virtual beings. And visualization is really important to us because um, only about 50% of information is through is verbal, and the rest is visual. And we have now the ability for AI to be able to see you, to know a lot about you, and to use all sorts of different AI technologies to understand its context and the context of you. So that's where it gets kind of interesting.
0: So how much how much of David Usher is in Ophelia? Because for an artificial being, she's kind of an earthy existentialist. <laughs> yeah. She's really like contemplating her existence.
2: Yeah, the, 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 a lot, a, lo- a <laughs> lot, a lot, a lot. I mean, when I think of any, but but a lot of it too is from from the audience. It's what the audience wants to talk to her about, and a lot of it is directed by by her living in in a world where she talks to people, and. From what they ask her and what they're interested in, right? So,
0: if Ophelia is the starting point, what's what's the potential?
2: Well, the potential is, I think, unlimited. There are going to be virtual beings everywhere. I mean, there's a, it's not only our company that's working on this. There's a lot of companies. We're already seeing a lot of interest that there's, there's many verticals that we can work in. Some of it is, is in this sort of larger scale artistic stuff that we build for brands, uh, for live settings. But there, there are many verticals in terms of uh, that can be much more specific that are things like education, things like health that we're also moving into.
0: So let's talk about demand. What kind of projects are you being asked to use Ophelia-like
2: technology? What kind of applications? For anything from entertainment properties to um, hosts to uh, welcome bots to uh, bringing back historical characters, uh, all kinds of different things.
0: This was a very interesting Q&A because words like cyberpunk, dystopian, evil emerged. (laughs) yeah. I mean, are you frequently challenged on, like, David Usher? Are you building an army of robot overlords?
2: Um, I'm not frequently challenged on that. (laughs) Um, But I, I, you know... Technology can be used in all sorts of different ways. I mean, every tech can be used in good ways or bad ways. It really depends how you apply it. We're trying to be relatively ethical in our in our applications, and we try and make sure that our, our bots are not sexist or racist or any of those kind of things, that they have good values. <laughs> We're bringing them up right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not so worried about it. I mean, I think that there is a displacement coming. AI is going to... AI is going to change the job market, but I think that it's going to displace jobs in, in some areas and grow them in others.
0: Have we learned anything from the digital place that we're in as a society, and where does regulation fit into that?
2: I, I mean if you look back it, take the music business a great example I mean I'm one of the you know one of the people that's doing this now that's also lived through the disruption from the inside of the music business where we really watch what happens when a new technology comes into an industry and basically eats it from the inside out um, y- you know the music business has essentially become a technology business and um, I think that 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 business needs to be regulated what, what where the artist gets paid in that in that in that uh, in that framework is totally crazy how that works, but i think and I, th- and I think the same's in ai I think we need regulation if you look at what 's happened with with the uh, the the growth you know when we when we were really in the, the heat of the social media expansion and this gig economy the change in the way the, the way people are paid the way uh, the way workers are um, compensated the way they are protected a lot of those those protections have been taken away without anyone thinking about it without any thought we sort of went after the shiny object and we just sort of all went for it thinking that this is some sort of you know shiny utopia where everyone is connected i think we're seeing the results of that now where we're seeing that there are a lot of negative results from that. We're seeing an undermining of the social of the social contract. We're seeing um, the, so, the political fabric is being completely remade. And we're going to see what this does to democracy. And I think the same is true for AI. We need to have a lot more voices that are talking about and discussing what the implications of the te- technology are, because they're not all going to be good. We have to have a real handle on what we're doing.
0: Do you think that there are is a lot of fear that maybe is holding up the creative industries and and you know the larger business community in embracing artificial intelligence.
2: No, I don't think there I don't think there is at all. I think the business is embrace like because we're really talking about when we're talking about AI, you're not talking about artificial general intelligence, which is AI that can think and work like humans can at a high level across many verticals. What you're really talking about is narrow programmatic AI. When I talk about AI, I tell people, you know, don't think of it as one big massive overlord AI. Think of it as a million little programs. Right? Each doing some tiny little task. And those tasks are being implemented in companies all over the place right now. It's not even a question. They're, they're being implemented. Um, the results of all these, you know, we have to, I think we have to think of what this means for the future. I, I think it's already being done um, almost unconsciously. So the results of that, you know, we have to think about where it's going to lead us. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much.
1: I'm Catherine Warren, the Chief Executive Officer of Vancouver Economic Commission, and we oversee um, building Vancouver's prosperous and resilient economy. Uh, In particular, we focus in the creative sectors and the knowledge economy. Can you talk about to what
0: extent AI has been embraced by the community here in Vancouver?
1: Well, AI itself is a natural for the community in Vancouver um, and we have a thriving cluster and now a new beachhead for Fujitsu's global AI headquarters. We are robust for Canada and we are um, emerging on a global stage. In terms of how AI itself has been embraced by businesses in Canada, and Vancouver's no exception, businesses are still not, you know, kind of focused on integrating artificial intelligence to the extent that they need to be or to the extent that um, they will benefit. So about 16% of Canadian companies have kind of a thoughtful AI strategy and are working to include AI across their business models. And some of the things that We talked about on the panel today that companies can do here to improve their receptivity to AI and also get their workforce on board would include doing an AI audit, looking at what artificial intelligence your company may be inadvertently using right now across the board. That might include things like social media chatbots, production methodologies, software, hardware, and the like. Next, looking at how AI can help change your existing business model, and then finally, how AI can help you transform your business model.
0: What is the potential in the creative industries?
1: Well, the potential is huge, and in a way, we should be um, the leaders and the guiding lights. So a lot of the advances in AI have been made as a result of advances in the creative industries. So all of the animation, visual effects, and other creative development and 360 thinking has lent itself very nicely to growing out artificial intelligence as a field, as a discipline, as a business. What
0: are some of the applications currently where AI has really taken off uh, in you know in the screen-based in a, industries? In screen-based
1: industry. Well, so then this kind of comes full circle because it turns out that animation and visual effects companies are the early adopters. They're using machine learning to develop um, more lifelike characters, fill in on the video game side some of what we talked about in the panel, just these multiplicity of storylines and levels that are needed in order to um, satiate the binge player and to kind of give these options for endings that are more customized. Now, in terms of like physical production, I would say um, less less so. And so there's an opportunity there for AI to grow. And then lastly, I would like to just say that in distribution, big data and machine learning are really being deployed for anti-piracy. So for example, at, at broadband TV, But what would be really great to see is for distribution, how can we use AI to reduce emissions? And how can we use AI to tackle some of the more, let's say, intractable problems that those areas of the creative industries are going to have in the context of a climate emergency?
0: You talked uh, a little bit about some applications that you came across at MIPCOM. Yeah. I want you to yeah. talk a little bit about those because uh, you know, it's an interesting concept in terms of AI being used to determine what's developed.
1: Right. So I interviewed a couple of really interesting companies at MIPCOM in October of this year that were using um, what they considered to be emotional data sets. So these are companies that test creative projects on audiences, oftentimes before they even uh, get uh, developed or produced. And what they're doing is they're they're watching people at kind of three levels. So they're testing um, biometrically with monitors, like, is this person reacting? Is their pulse going up? Are they sweating? What's happening while they watch this stuff? Then they're um, using surveying. So the individual will say sort of, here's how I'm feeling in real time and then they're using more ai technologies and facial recognition to monitor these very subtle changes in people while they're watching content and then creators and producers can decide do I want a different reaction from my audience do I want to eliminate these characters do I want to change up the pace do I want it to be all adrenaline all the time and kind of make decisions about content that they otherwise wouldn't be able to make and in Europe they don't really have a culture of piloting content They just go straight to series. So this can be very helpful in that kind of business model.
0: What do you think the challenges are to more businesses embracing the concept of AI?
1: Part of it is it takes a long time to shift an industry, so we saw this with the digital transformation and the creative industries, and AI is that much more four-dimensional chess, so it's harder to get your head around as a business executive. I think a lot of people understand that it is an inevitability, and sometimes with that comes a um, almost like a mental block like i don 't i can 't control my own destiny because AI is happening. And I think it's it, it would be better to be selective about what types of AI that you really need, and what types of AI that your teams will embrace and not be threatened by, and how how can you take your your value, your most valuable asset, your teams, along with you on the AI journey, so that you're not you know looking to outsource your staff to machines, but you're looking at how can you make your teams more efficient and upskill them so that you can retain them. And in our market, that is just absolutely critical because talent, 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 it's what we hear from everyone across the board, visual effects, gaming, animation, physical production. So being a company that is progressive around artificial intelligence will certainly be an attractive thing for a future employee or a current employee to hear.
0: Okay. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you so much. Our thanks to David Usher and Catherine Warren. For Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, I'm Connie Teeson. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud.